American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is Perfect Purpose, and this is American Football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Coach Q and Chris Green. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, people? How's it going? Last week, the AFF podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast. We are currently available on more than 25 different platforms. The show is also available on our YouTube channel. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. So today we're discussing the 2022 Maple Bowl. This weekend, the number one seeded Quopio Steelers take on the number three seeded Sinayoki Crocodiles for the 43rd Maple Bowl. How do you say it in Finnish? Vatramalia? Is that it? Vatramalia. Vatramalia. That's what they're playing for. And for the first time ever, the championship game will be played in the city of Kuopio. Should be a great atmosphere with the reigning champs playing at home. So let's get into the show. It's first down. Chance when we get to start fresh and talk about whatever on our mind. What you got going today, guys? Q, what's going on with you? Hey, man. It's uh, Labor Day. It's barbecue day, man. That's all I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> barbecue, man. <laughs> That's it. That's the only thing I'm thinking about. And football is back, baby. College football is back. I can't wait. Shout out to Ohio State. Buckeyes. Go mm-hmm. Buckeyes. Hey, I've I heard I've heard some people talking a little bit of mess, you know, saying that they, you know, didn't destroy the number five team. If they're the number two team, their number five team was pretty good and they played them okay and then they beat them soundly i don't understand where all the hate is coming from so mm-hmm. i'm already you know into the college football right now i spent sunday morning looking at highlights to see everybody that played and what it looked like so i know who to root for who not to root for but it looks like the buckeyes going back to the uh to the natty unless somebody <laughs> like unless somebody like penn state knock us out the playoff picture again it's always like a penn state or a purdue that you don't expect like beats us yeah. once and then we don't get in or something. But we probably get in even with one loss in the Big Ten. It's a strong uh, division this year. What about you, Chris? What's going on with you? Uh, not much. Um, back to school now, the kids. Um, I've got um, my flag football team who I play for. We're going to the playoffs next weekend on Sunday to Manchester playoffs, Manchester wildcard spot. Uh, they're quite a new team as well. So it's only the first year that they're actually in the league. So they've done well to get to the playoffs. So that'd be a an- Nice experience for me playing flag in my first year of flag. So, yeah, it'll be good. Shout out to the Turkey Bowl here in Finland coming up in two months. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the league is pretty much set. There's only like one more spot left for the men's, but the women's is set. You see that on, on the Instagram and stuff that uh, we're going to be doing it big. This is the, the biggest football tournament in Finland. You, you're never going to see any type of football with 16 teams in Finland. And that's what we do in the AFF. So it's going to be crazy right around, you know, Thanksgiving time in the States. Are you looking for quality football apparel and accessories at an affordable price? Rare Athletics is made for players by players. Head over to rare.se and get your drip today. That's R-E-Y 
rr.se and use code AFF20 to receive 20% off all Rare Brand products. Stay sharp. Before we get into the Maple Bowl, let's talk about some football in other divisions in Finland. I'm just going to run down the champions of Finland for this season in case people don't know, okay? Because some teams have been winning and, you know, there's so many teams playing, so much football going on. Everybody doesn't know what's going on. So I'm going to start with the kids. I'm going to go with U15. And I'm a little bit biased, so I'm only naming the the 11-man champions. I'm not doing the Division One that plays seven because I don't believe seven-man tackle football prepares anybody for real football. That's just my opinion. So that's how we're going to do it. So for the U15, 11-man champions, East City Giants, that organization has some things going. U17 champions, East City Giants. Mm -hmm. So obviously they know what they're doing out there. The the U20 champions are the Helsinki Roosters. Again, a a Helsinki-based team, which is kind of a running theme here. Uh, men's division two which also plays 11 man the wolverines blue team which is their second team those are the champions there and then for men's division one the wasa royals are now the champions and then let's go to the women's division one the olu northern lights just won their championship and let's talk about the women's maple league the turku trojans are back to back champions for the women's maple league and i'm going to talk about this one a little bit because i was out there in vanta miramaki freezing my buns off watching the helsinki wolverines against the turku trojans and watching the the trojans dominate dominate a team that that beat them twice in a regular season and i was i i was kind of rooting for the trojans but i did select the wolverines to win because alluding to what we're going to talk about later in the show is they had more talent. They, they honestly had more talent in my opinion, but I don't think it was utilized correctly in this game. A lot of people that were at the game, a lot of people that were sending messages about the game agreed with me and said things like, it looks weird what they're doing. This is not usually how they play. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Um, I couldn't tell you why I'm not nearly as in tune with the women's game as I am the men's game, but I can tell you this, that if you, if you were to watch the Turku Trojans and the Helsinki Wolverines, you would look at those two teams and say that one team was running a specific strategy and kind of knew exactly what and how they wanted things to go. While this other team seemed to be doing things that didn't make sense. And I think that's why the score was so different between these two teams. It should have been a much closer game, but I I do think the Wolverines team just wasn't prepared to play a different type of ball than what they had done during the regular season. While the Trojans, they were able to adjust and move on. So that's all I got for in other news. That'll be the last in other news you hear from us this year. We're going to listen to Chris Green, our numbers expert, as he tells us some important numbers about this matchup. Chris, what you got? Um, so this is a quick look back on the games that they previously played this weekend. So the Steelers struggled a bit in the run game against the Roosters. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against the Crocodiles with that stout Crocodiles defensive line. 
that they've got in Senayoki. Um, the Steelers only rushed for 138 yards in their semi-final game, and they passed for 199 yards. The Anthony Reasonover was the leading rusher and the leading receiver. Looking at the Senayoki Crocodiles offense from last week, they rushed for nearly 200 yards. They rushed for 198 yards. So they definitely got the ground game going with CP15. He had some big runs in that game. Um, they also got a bit of a passing game going as well with Zach Whitehead. He threw for 189 yards and three TDs. A very close game, that one. Could have gone either way. And the numbers are very, very similar. But if you look at the totals, the Crocodiles had seven more first downs than the Wolverines. They rushed for 32 more yards than the Wolverines. They passed for more yards than the Wolverines by 64. So they did dominate that game in, in all three phases. If you look at the numbers... So actually, if you if the score, I think it does kind of reflect how the game went. But that game could have gone either way. Right, so we're going to look at scoring for both teams in the Maple Bowl final this season. So this season, the Quapio Steelers have scored 552 points. The Senioki Crocodiles have scored 381 points. In passing, the Quapio Steelers have scored 26 passing touchdowns. The Senioki Crocodiles have scored 24 passing touchdowns. In rushing, the Quapio Steelers have scored 45 rushing touchdowns. The Senioki Crocodiles have scored 27. So the Senioki Crocodiles were second in rushing touchdowns, but the Quapio Steelers do absolutely eclipse them in that rushing game. And then we'll look at a few niche stats. So we'll look at first downs on the season. The Quapio Steelers have got 241 first downs. The Senioki Crocodiles were actually second in first downs. They had 206. And then sacks... The Quapio Steelers had 269. The Senioki Crocodiles only had 194. So Quapio Steelers leading out marginally uh, quite a lot against the Senioki Crocodiles in sacks. And then penalties. The Senioki Crocodiles had 565 yards of penalties on the year. And the Quapio Steelers had a big penalty margin of 856. So by the looks of things, the Senioki Crocodiles are a much more disciplined team, which is quite interesting because of all the stuff that we saw going on with the offensive line and the video footage of them grabbing nuts and things like that. So it's quite an interesting, interesting well, it don't count them. if they don't call it, you know, penalties <laughs> no, got to get called. <laughs> what it is, they're a very, you know, smart team. Like, it don't count if you don't get called. That's not a penalty if there's not a called penalty. <laughs> no, exactly. That's it. Uh, and the last one I'm going to give you is time of possession. And this is very, very close for both teams. Really, really weird, weird stat here. But the Quapio Steelers had 305 minutes and 56 seconds of possession. The Senegal Crocodiles had 304 minutes and 26 seconds of possession. And that's going to be it for stats. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. Today, we're going to get into the various matchups of this Maple Bowl game, you know, and dissect them the best we can. First, let's talk about the Crocodiles offense versus the Steelers defense. And we'll go like position groups. We'll throw out some names if we feel it's necessary. First group, I want to go Crocodiles receivers versus Steelers DBs. Uh, Chris, give me some some pluses for the, the Crocodiles receivers in this matchup. 
Give me some pros. What do you think they can do? They got they got the circular brothers. Um, they've got an efficient QB that can get them the ball off the play action from from CP fifteen. I can see them finding some holes in some zones um, off of the run because the run game's so good. But those those Steelers DBs, they're they're the best DB bunch in the league. So it's going to be a thank tough you for ask. agreeing with me about that. I'm glad someone finally agreed. They're going to be a tough, a tough, tough nut to crack that secondary of the, the Steelers. So the, the Crocodiles receivers are going to have their work cut out for them. That's for sure. What about you, Q? What do you think about this matchup? Crocs receivers versus Steelers DBs? Um, I think the Crocs receiver got a size advantage. Um, I think if they can get some one-on-ones um, in the red zone, I think the Crocs got a, got a, uh, a plus there. Um, I don't see them – you know, necessarily hitching or running any crazy routes to beat the, the Corpio Steelers. But um, I think Corpio Steelers DB group is, as a whole is just, just is just great compared to um, the Crocs receivers. Um, I think making Powell a part of the passing game will help um, mm. if they possibly can get him in the passing game. I think that'll help bring those safeties up. Um, to let those corners get more one-on-ones with receivers. So um, I think I think Corpio wins this matchup um, as far as DBs against receivers, but I do think the Crocs have a chance at making some big plays just from their size. I mean, I've, I've already said that they're the best defensive group in, in the Maple Leagues. I won't hash on that too much. But I think in this matchup, when you're talking receiver versus DBs, we're being a little short-sighted on the Crocodiles because I feel like the tight ends might be the difference for them. I think this is one of those games where you're not going to beat their DBs. There's there's no if ands, buts about it. You're never going to really like be able to win a, a one-on-one matchup or get them too out of position because they have five DBs on the field. But when you go into that play-action series, there might be a chance for – a tight end to be matched up with a linebacker or maybe a tight end who should be covered by DB, but they mess up the coverage. I don't think that happens, but it could happen. And the crocodiles run a good enough offense that they'll find out when and where to do that. And then you might be able to sneak something past them in the past game. And it's possible if you're going opposite of Eero Pekrinen, and if they have Tino and Dago on the inside guy, the other two cornerbacks are susceptible to being beat in one-on-one matchups, but it'd be really hard for the number two or number three receiver for the crocodiles to beat them. But if they were able to pull something off, that's how I think it would happen. And this is just me trying to be more analytical instead of correct about the fact that the Steelers defensive back group is much better than the crocodiles receivers. (laughs) <laughs> so I, I think if we had to sum it up, we would say the Steelers are going to win that matchup because of their DBs. But moving to the next group, let's go Crocodiles running back versus Steelers linebackers. And again, <laughs> I think we need to point out that, you know, Christian Powell is the running backs. Like they have some other guys who get in there, but it's Christian Powell. But the Steelers defensive, I mean, not defensive back, but their linebacking core is a little bit different than it started this year. Now that they brought in two more Lettinen brothers out of the three, 
these legends just keep showing up. And they add that with Kobe Campbell, who's pretty much led the league in um in tackles, I think. Well, he's up there. I don't think he led the league. Chris, am I wrong or right? I think he was second in tackles, Colby okay. Campbell. But yeah, he was up there. So you got guys that you know can make the plays, but it is Christian Powell. And obviously the run defense is gonna have more than just linebackers, but we just go by positions. Q, what do you think about this Crocodiles running back, Steelers linebacker? What about this matchup? I think the Crocs win that. I think the Crocs win that. Um, I think the Steelers do have a good linebacker core, but I don't think um, one-on-one or uh, I think if Powell gets the ball over 25 times, like I expect, I think he wins that battle, though. I think he's just too strong. Um, they're going to force – they're gonna force him this game. If any, if 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 he can't handle thirty times, we're gonna give it to him thirty times this game. The same thing I think Corpio is probably gonna do a reason over. It's it's gonna be on the opposite side. So I do think the Corpio linebackers are active, but they're gonna to have to pack their lunch though because I think we're gonna see a we're gonna see. I won't say a different power, but I think we're we're gonna see one maybe that power that you know that that two thousand. Uh, 18 pow, 19 pow. I think we'll probably see that pow um, this game because once I think players like him, when you get this close, they turn it up to another level. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to go out here and run for 300 yards, but I do think he's going to make his presence known in whatever kind of way he can. So I think um, I think he wins. I, I give it to him over, over their linebackers. You think those like those runs where he normally gets seven now turn into nine? Turn it, turn it, yeah, turn it to 20. <laughs> like, like that, pal. Like, what about you, you Chris? You don't plan on oh. tackling. <laughs> yeah, you go take it all. What about you, Chris? What do you um, think just, about this one? Just, just want to correct myself first. Um, Cole Campbell was fifth in tackles with 57 and a half total. Um, so he was still good. He was in the top five. Um, only a few tackles off of fourth and third. So, yeah, I mean, Christian Powell, you can never count him out. In Powell, we trust. If the Crocodiles, they need to give him again 25-plus to 30 touches in this game for them to have a chance and compete, I think Christian Powell probably does have these linebackers beat. Side-to-side speed, I think he's faster. He's more elusive. Um, they're, they're great tacklers, don't get me wrong. The Lettinen brothers and, and Campbell has been a, a stalwart all season, but I think Powell wins this matchup. I think he's too good. I think the offensive line do enough for him. They create enough holes big enough for him that he can get through. Yes, the Steelers' defensive line is good, but I think you get Christian Powell one-on-one in space with any of these linebackers, I think he wins nine times out of ten. Say, I feel like, oh, man, I'm I'm team in Powell we trust forever. Like, that will never change for me. But – you know, got to play devil's advocate out here so we don't just all say the same thing. I mean, let's look at it. They've stopped him before, twice. They've played him twice. They've held him in check twice. I don't see any reason why they can't do it again. And honestly, I feel like they upgraded their linebackers compared to who they had before. And Colby has gotten a little bit better as the seasons went on. I think early on he was a little more timid in my opinion, when it comes to making plays. And now he's a little more free-flowing to the ball. That's also a sign that their defensive line is able to create with double teams as well. 
And I think that this defensive, I mean, this defensive front, we're really talking front versus run game here, but I, I do feel like the Steelers front is able to handle what Christian Powell brings in the run game. I think really the difference here is what he does in the passing game. Um, what they've been able to do really well this year for the Crocodiles that's really helped his run and passing game is those draw plays are well-timed and the screens to him, the running back screens. And then also they'll sometimes have him do a, a quick flare out that turns into a go. Yeah, a and, wheel route. Yeah, he's yeah, on wheel them wheel route. routes if you turn Yes, to. it's just a quick – if he has them out leverage, they throw it. If you don't mm-hmm. have my leverage, they don't. I think the Steelers' defensive linebackers are a little bit more sound than what they played against everyone else in the league. So you don't see those type of plays against them because he doesn't get the, the matchups to make that happen. And their offense is really based on matchups and getting the right looks. They don't just force it, they don't just force feed him the ball. Like they give him the ball ways organically. But I do think the Steelers linebackers can handle it and have handled it before. But I think overall we would agree that, you know, Crocodiles get the check in this mark for running back over linebackers. Next group, let's go Crocodiles offensive line versus Steelers defensive line. Chris, how do you feel about this one? That Steelers defensive line, man, is scary. It is scary. You've got Akeem the Dream. You've got Yanni Lindquist who's back there playing sometimes. You've got Roulet. You've got no, uh, Kua as well. Like that defensive line is scary, and they've called issues for every single offensive line they've come up against this season. I don't think that I can remember a time where they probably didn't have a sack in at least every game. Like, and there they have, they don't just have one guy in the field, they have multiple guys in the backfield on multiple plays, and they, they're going to be tough because. You double team one of them, suddenly that opens up the hole for another guy, and you've got these guys on the edge that just seem to just blow past these tackles in in Roulet and and Kua, and they're just they're just a force to be reckoned with. This this defensive line is it's scary, it's scary. What about you, Q? What do you think about it? Uh, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We going Crocs D line or uh, no? We're, we're going Crocs O line versus uh, Steelers D line. The actual matchup. Ooh, that's a that's a no brainer. I'm going with the Steelers D line on this one. But you're you're Crocs O line type guy. They're nasty. Yeah, I like I like the gritty. I like the gritty the gritty guys, but I feel like the Steelers D line is still just a lot to deal with. It's a lot to handle. I um, think this is this is one of those games where. We might see some of these crocodiles linemen get thrown out because they're yeah, gonna have to do something yeah. dirty. They're gonna have they're gonna to get have dirty, to. and if they get caught, <laughs> you know they these they like talk a lot. You know, I came to dream. He talk a lot, man. And them, them crocs guys are like they just gritty like that naturally. They're not even. They don't even have to be mad. They just come out hit you in the nuts just because <laughs> it's second down. Like. Was, wasn't it Wasn't it the game against the Steelers before where they were grabbing nuts and they got yeah. they got one of the Steelers? Yeah, know, it was mad. this game, wasn't it? As well? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was, he was yeah. Doing yeah. Game. So, was that I this year or was that last yeah, year? Yeah, it was this year. He got Akeem, Akeem, Akeem got caught when he retaliated, didn't he? He got flagged. Yeah, he got, he got thrown out, didn't he? Thrown yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that's so, what we're going really back. Yeah, they gonna. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a real touchy game. 
I think it's gonna be a real touchy game, but I think I, I give Corpio D line the, the edge on this one. Um, I just think they're just more skilled and more dominant. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the uh, Steelers D line is just gonna kind of dominate, but I do think that the Crocodiles tackles will be able to hold up well for the pass game. I think the the hardest part for them is actually going to be the interior defensive linemen. I feel like their interior defense linemen, when you have Yanni and Akeem playing inside, that pressure, it it takes away that um, – what's that play that they do with uh, the running back, the, the draw play? And when you take away that option, it makes things a little bit easier in, in pass game in the back end. And I think they'll be able to get a full push instead of just their ends rushing which is what you get when you play a team like the Wolverines or something where your ends create more pressure than the, the up front. But the Steelers are able to get a full press from both interior and exterior defense alignment. So let, let's look at it. Uh, oh, let's let's go into the, the, the coaching a little bit, the scheming. You know, Crocodiles, you know, offense coordinator versus Steelers, defense coordinator, play calling situationally. We're – I personally am giving a nod to the Crocodiles. I feel like their offensive play call in the season is second to none. Mm. I think the Steelers' defensive calling is good, but I still feel like the play calling from the Crocodiles is better. What do you guys think about that, the play calling in this one? agree. I mean, you've only got to look at the last game against the Wolverines. Like, their play calling was flawless almost. They called the right plays at the right time. They execute the game plan. They've played this team twice already. They know what they know what they're good at against them. They know what they're not good at against against them. Not so good at. So they're going to have a decent game plan. And in mind, and they do have smart. You know, we talked about it earlier. We talked about how smart coaches were at Crocodiles and how they've improved as the season's gone on. So this is the third time you're playing this team. They're going to be better this time. Okay, they've lost for previous two times, but they're going to be better on the third time. And maybe, maybe that's the difference in this matchup is the coaching again. But you, you can't count out the coaches, the Steelers. Like they've got some amazing coaches over there. But I think I agree with you, Purvis. I think the Steelers OC just about pips it. And I'm saying by like a hair, not by much. I really don't think there's much in this matchup. It's it was very difficult for me to pick between the two, but I think the 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 Crocodiles OC coordinator, I think it just, just gets ahead in this one. What about you, Q? What are you thinking on those two? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's not that hard to outcoach reason over left, reason over right, reason over left, reason over right. It's not really hard to outcoach that. So um <laughs> the Crocs offensive play calling has gotten them in the position that they're in now. Um, like you said, last time they played the Wolverines in Santa Yoki, man, they, I mean, they caused them some, some actual plays where the guys were open. They went exactly where they was trying to go. Like you could tell that they watch film. You could tell these Crocs coaches watch film, literally study film, watch film, because you can see it on the field. Like, okay, this is what we're trying to do. And we're going to stay with it. If it's not working, then we'll switch to something else. So, um, yeah, I think they got the edge on the play calling, definitely. All right, so just to sum it up, uh, Crocodiles offense versus Steelers defense. Mm. Where are we where are we thinking? Uh, I'll throw <laughs> mine out. I'm thinking Steelers defense gets the best of them. Um, let me throw out a, a crazy number as well. I say Croc score 
17 to 21 points. I would I wouldn't put him over 21. What about you guys? I think they score 24 or 21. You think Crocs. they score? You think they can score 24? I'm just talking about the Crocs offense, not Crocs offense. Just Crocs offense. I think Crocs offense can. Okay, I go 21. I go 21. Yeah, I think they can put up 21. No more. I don't. I don't think they can put up more than 21 against this team. I think two two coming from Powell, one pass, one Sarkala. The the first the first game they played, they put up 21. Mm -hmm. Second game they played. They only put up eight. Okay, so I'm going to go 14. somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say fourteen. Yeah, I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to say fourteen because That's I think smart. Powell. I think Powell breaks one or two big runs in this game, but I think overall the Steelers' defense are stronger than the Crocodiles' offense. That front seven is the best front seven in the league. That back four are the best back four in the league. Simple so, yeah. on paper and in practice, the defense are better. What about in Europe? What about Europe? <laughs> we don't know. I, I want to see know. the Steelers play in Europe. I really do. I would love to see them play in Europe. Everybody some, wants to see the them play CFL in Europe Cup. except them. <laughs> I, I want to see them play in Europe. But they they can only beat what's put in front of them. True and they're that. doing that moment. You're right about that. You're right about that. Never lost in Finland this year, huh? Never lost. <laughs> Never lost. Look good, play good. It's as simple as that. Array Athletics will help you look good in their fully customizable team uniforms. Made by players, for players. Ray Athletics produces high-quality uniforms for teams all over Europe. Ray also allows teams to design custom apparel for comfortable travel and workout purposes. Visit rayer.se today to take your team to the next level. Stay sharp. Let's flip it and let's go Steelers offense versus Crocodiles defense. First up, Steelers receivers versus Crocodiles DBs. A lot of no names on both sides. <laughs> what are you thinking, Chris? Again, like you say, you said it earlier, I don't think we could name any DBs on the Crocodiles. I know one guy because I only know him because he went to Filton Pride, which is near just down the road from me in one of the, co- one of the college program I went to. So I know him, but other than him, I don't know the rest of the guys and I only know him because as I said he was nearby and the only receiver I can think of well I mean Isaac Marshall he's not really played that much this year has he he's been been focusing on coaching that women's team he's not really playing he hasn't missed any games (laughs) he's not been showing up on the stat sheet yeah I mean just because man ain't putting up crazy numbers he's still like you said earlier a week ago, they don't pass the ball. Yeah. <laughs> he probably, probably stand on the sideline waiting to go in. <laughs> and they're like, oh, reason over left, reason over right. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, a lot of their I formations mean, have one one receiver. Yeah, they do. And that's are you. Are you standing out there by his damn self? Yeah. <laughs> but they don't, nothing really stands out for me here. I think this is a stalemate. I can't really pick a winner because I don't think the DBs are better than receivers. I don't think the receivers are better than the DBs. I think it's a stalemate here. I'm uh, looking up the the Crocodiles DBs. We got uh, – I don't know what the F position is, but I think that's DB. We got Atu Tuoko. Uh, we got Heki Tovala. That's number 21. I don't know that guy. We got Oni Alonko, number one. Thomas – Anesiadis, number yeah, five. That's, that's, Is that the guy that's from the, the guy pride? Know, that's the guy I know from Pride. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I'm going to just say this. I've seen number five. Yeah, he's mm. not worth talking about. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, number 46, Tuomas Yarvin Pa. And, yeah, you're right. Not not a lot to talk about over there. Hey, I said I knew him. I didn't say if he was any good or not. <laughs> no, he isn't. Just know what about you, Q? What do you think about this matchup of no names? <laughs> <laughs> y'all pretty much explained it all. It's uh, ooh. I don't know who gonna win that matchup, man, because I don't know who's who's fighting in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what it's gonna be: black team versus white team, <laughs> yeah. or red versus uh, green. If you don't want to get racial with it, maybe, oh. maybe, maybe somewhere in that matchup will decide the game. Who knows? I I think that we have to go by you know top tier versus lower tier. Hannes Haru is a good receiver. He, I would say he's comparable to, to Yannis Sarkula. Not as tall or, you know, big-bodied, but he makes plays. The kid makes plays. You've seen him lay out for that catch. He does that all season. He, he makes Joey Bradley better than what he is. You know, he does some things that are very unique to the receiver position. It's just you only see small samples. Again, like what Q said earlier, you know, he values consistency. And you don't really get consistency from a team that doesn't pass. They don't pass consistently. And even in this last game where it looked like they were forced into pass, it didn't look consistent. It didn't look natural or organic. But I do think that if they – the pass they do throw, if you have Haru in a situation where he's going against any of these DBs, I think he's going to win. And that, that, gives you, that gives you an opportunity to get matchups, to call the right play at the right time. And then we got to remember the wild card. Tino might get out there. Mm. You never know. I mean, I doubt that they need him, but you know that's an option. And that that definitely makes them a little bit – I would give the edge to the Steelers receivers because of that. But I, I think as a group, we can call it a push. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can just call it a push and not try to lean towards anywhere. But let's go to the next group where we got the Steelers running back versus Crocodiles linebacker and linebackers. And I put down on our sheet, I know I put Lee Anthony Reason over, but we know that Tuka Letterman is part of this running back group, but it's really Lee Anthony versus, you know, Yuhani, Sadu, and Yaska from the Crocodiles. How do you feel about this matchup, Q? Oof. Man, I think it's not as, 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 I say it's a good matchup. That's what I'll say. It's a good matchup. Um, as far as who's gonna win it, um, I'll say I go more Corpio side. Um, <laughs> but these guys have been playing good recently. You know, they haven't been playing bad recently. You yeah, know, but right. they've been aggressive. They they've made some 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 good plays that put them in a position they're in. So, um, I'm not saying that they're gonna you know, overly dominated, but I I like their aggressiveness. I like what they've been doing recently. If they could turn it up a notch, it'll give them a, a better chance. But I definitely think Corpio wins in that that match. I, I'm, I'm going to go next. I also think it's – I mean, it's obviously Lee Anthony. I think he, yeah. he can run servers around two out of these three linebackers I just named. But I just to get a little more into it, I think that this is one of those situations where 
I mean, obviously I'm not the coach and this probably won't happen, but this is a situation where I'd like to see Yaska Vaden and playing inside linebacker instead of outside linebacker. I, I think Yaska is probably the only linebacker they have who's capable of tackling Lee Anthony by himself. And I say that and hopefully it don't bite me in the ass and in the game Lee Anthony jukes him or something. But I think from the inside linebacker position, he has a better chance to make more tackles on Lee Anthony earlier before Lee Anthony gets past a lot of scrimmage. With him playing that outside linebacker kind of like nickel spot, if he's trailing, that's not a good position. And if he's early side, then that gives Lee Anthony time to make moves. But I think that he can avoid break tackles and make Yuhani and Sadu miss easily. Like in the hole, he can make both of them miss. Yasuka wouldn't miss him in the hole. But I don't think Yasuka's going to have the opportunity to see him in the hole. He'll only see him in space, which I think he'll make anybody miss in space. But in the hole, only certain type of tacklers can bring them down, and it's not the guys that that they have inside those holes. So I think that it's easily the, the Steelers to win this matchup. What about you, Chris? Man, I can't believe we're taking this long to talk about this matchup. It's Lee Anthony Reesnover and nothing else. <laughs> you ain't got to say anything else. This guy's going to win this matchup. I, I don't even need to say anything. The numbers don't lie. The games don't lie. I don't know why we're still talking about it. The Anthony reason over. End of discussion. <laughs> Number 25. Shit, mic drop then. Okay. That's it. <laughs> mic drop. Moving on. Chris Green has declared it, guys. So we're going to go Steelers O-line and Crocodiles D-line. Now, this is a good matchup, right? Yeah. This is yeah. yeah. This is something we want to talk about. I don't know all the names for the Steelers guys or the Crocodiles guys, honestly. But I could throw out some numbers. I could throw out some numbers. Number 73, number 62. Now I'm going to go to the other side. I'm going to go to 56, number 7, number 92. What's the other D-lineman number? Number 99. I, I'm, I'm team Crocodile's D-line. I think Crocodile's D-line. That's where I see more numbers than I know and I like on this one. I feel like the Crocodiles have, what, if not the, the best, then the second best. I think their D-line is almost as good as the Steelers' D-line. If I look at it across the board, it's a different look, different feel to it. Um, not to get too much into it, maybe a little more light-skinned. Does that make sense? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but they're, it's a really good group. I like um, numbers 92, Seth Zins. I like him in there. Obviously, Philip Zakic is great. He's able to do things that they really need. But it really comes down to Emmett Gooden. This guy is a beast. He's yeah. everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Uh, one thing that really stands out to about him to me is his pursuit, his pursuit of the ball. Like, I think I've said this before. I don't know how many tackles or whatever he had, but he chases the ball down. He doesn't like give up on plays that go away from him. And he makes plays down the field, you know, 10 to 11 yards down the field from the opposite side, he's making a play and he's starting inside three tech or something. And then he gets all the way to the other side of the field and makes the tackle because he doesn't give up on plays. He has a motor that's constantly running. And what it does, is it wears down an offense. He's got to wear down offensive linemen that he's going against because he's constantly fighting. He gets no plays off when you go against this guy. I think the Steelers, it's going to be one of those situations where you see Emmett Gooden jump into the backfield and 
then you see Lee Anthony Reasonover make a move and he's not able to tackle him. And then what happens is if the rest of that D line is able to step up, they corral the running back. If they're not able to step up, then Lee Anthony makes a crazy looking play because Emmett stopped him, but didn't have help. I think that's what we're going to see a lot of. I'll see, we'll see him in the backfield. I don't think anybody on the Steelers offensive line can legitimately block him one-on-one. And if they double team him, it's up to Philip Zakic, uh, Arthur Pinheiro, Seth Zins to make the play. And I think they're all capable of doing that, but I couldn't be sure if they're going to be able to do it against Lee Anthony Reason over all people. But as a, as a whole, I think their D-line wins this matchup. I think they put a lot of pressure on the Steelers' O-line to block better than what they are capable of. What, what about you, Q? What are your thoughts on this group? Um, I think the Crocodiles D-line definitely win this matchup. I think Emmett Gooden um, could be a game changer as far as that play action that, that Corpio loves to do. Um, I think he'll give a lot of, a lot of pressure on that tackle. They're, they're going to have to chip or something with, with the, the, the running back or receiver, but I just don't see them going one-on-one uh, with Emmy Good in all game by itself because he will change the, the, the outcome of this game if they give him that. Um, they got Shark. You know, they got him on the D-line. Um, so I think the Crocs, you know, pretty in pretty good shape right there. I'm not saying that uh, Corpio's O-line isn't good, um, I just think the Crocs has a more a better chance of dominating on that side of the ball um, from there, which could cause some some trouble for Corpio offense. Definitely in the passing game, but in the run game, it, it it won't be as easy as it as it has been for other teams. I think. I think this is probably the most contested matchup across the field. When you look at level playing field, could go either way uh, on the Steelers' offensive side of the ball. You've got uh, Rup Korhonen, who's been solid all year, number 73. You've got uh, Ben Arxic. I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher his surname, but number 62. Been solid. Love him on the pulling plays. He's been a great pulling guard all season, leading out the way for uh, reason over. But then you look at the Crocodiles' defensive line. Like you said, the names. Steph Zins, Philip Zakop, Emmett Gooden. Like, number seven, Pin Hero, is that his name, I think? We, we call him Big Shark here. We call him Big Shark. shark. Okay, there you go. Big Shark. Okay. So, the, the, it's, it's, it's a very tight matchup. It's a very tight matchup. That Crocodile's defensive line have been dominant all season, but then so have that Steelers' offensive line. But I agree with what Coach Q said about Emma Gooden. I don't think one of these Steelers' offensive linemen can handle him on his own. I really don't. He's a force to be reckoned with. He's a very difficult person to block. He's got all the moves in the book. He's strong. He's solid. I mean, I, it's a very hard one for me to choose, but I think the, 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 the Crocodiles' defensive line just edge over the Steelers in this battle. And yeah. they say the game is won in the trenches. This is where it could be won or lost as well. To a certain degree. I, I feel like their D-line is going to win, but that doesn't necessarily win them the game in this one. Because that, that running back matchup is going to make a mm. much larger difference. But uh, last thing on, on this group is let's go Steelers OC versus Crocodiles DC. Steelers offensive play calling versus Crocodiles defensive play calling. For me, 
this one's a push again because I feel like it's not enough difference for me to choose either or. I feel like the Crocodiles' defense is solid, but they can really only do certain things because they're limited on the back end. There's not a lot they can do scheme-wise and play calling to really dial up things. They're, the best group they have is when it comes to changing scheme and, and personnel is their linebacker group. But even then, it's still limited to what they can and can't do. While the Steelers' offense, I think they could do more. But like Q has said, and we've all agreed, you know, reason over left, reason over right works. So we haven't seen them do more. <laughs> and even in this last playoff game, when they were passing early, it didn't necessarily look great. And eventually they got back to give them reason over the ball. And that works for them. But it doesn't leave a lot to the imagination or play calling. Like you kind of know what they're, what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. It's just really about just stopping them when they do it. So for me, it's a push. Uh, Steelers offense coordinator versus Crocodile defense coordinator. What about you, Q? What are you thinking? Um, I think coaching wise, I think I think Steelers win this because they can execute theirs. Um, I'm not so sure that the Crocs can execute on their side. They might have the play calling, but as far as executing and making it work, that now that'll be an issue. Um, so on the basis of just generalizing the question, I'll say the Crocs can have a plan and have a good coaching strategy. It's just, are you going to, you know, can you, you execute <laughs> against a better, so, a slightly better team probably? Yeah. So I think the Corpio still is just probably got the edge on that one too. What about you, Q? Where you, I mean, Chris, where you at on this one? Like you say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's not a lot of extravagant play calling from Pekka and the Steelers, but it works. They don't need to do anything else. Okay, they're a fine, well-oiled machine. It don't matter if it's reason over left, reason over right. It works. And everyone knows what's coming, but it still works. It's, so It's something to be said. Also, that is a skill set in itself to do what works. Yeah, Because we've seen teams do things that don't work when what's working hasn't stopped working. That's something that a, a lot of uh, goes back to something I said earlier about the overcoaching and, you know, trying to play chess when you really are just playing checkers. Yeah. They don't need to do anything else. That's all they really need. And if, if the Steelers um, somehow get stopped in the run game, their play action game has been decent enough to get them over the line in the games that they've needed. Sure. I, I agree with what I like what coach said. He made it Q said he made a very, very good point about they're probably gonna have a good plan, but are they gonna be able to execute it? The the crocodiles defense. So I think I'm gonna go with the Steelers offensive coordinator on this one. All right. So I think as a whole, we saying the Steelers offense is gonna win this matchup. Um what do we what do we think of score wise, man? Uh, how many points do you think Steelers offense can put up? Just without thinking whole game, we're just thinking Steelers offense versus the Crocodiles defense points. I I guess I'll go first and throw out a random number. I I I'm saying because it's the championship, I think they'll be a little more tolerant. You know, I don't think fifty is respectable at all in this game, so. I'll I'll go with 35. I'll go with 35. 
I think they'll they'll put up thirty five. What are you thinking, uh, Chris? Well, they scored forty two in their first game, twenty seven in their second game. So I don't think you're far wrong with about thirty five. To yeah. be honest, you're in the middle there. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I'm gonna say forty two again. Okay. What about you, Q? What are you thinking? Thirty five. 35, 35 sounds about right. I, yeah. I just don't see you keeping them under 30. No. I just I think that they can do it. And I wanna I wanna talk special teams too, but before we even get there, one group that we don't get to do in this because it's really hard to do a comparison is quarterbacks. So we'll just match up the quarterbacks head to head. For the Steelers, you got Joey Bradley, and then for the Crocodiles, you have Zach Whitehead. Who do you think has a better outing in this game out of these quarterbacks? Q, you can go first. Zach Whitehead. That's what you think? Zach, I think Zach Whitehead has a better offensive game. Um, he has more to throw to. He has more targets. Um, he has more options. I think he, the big part of this game will probably be his passing. I don't see him throwing the ball over 20 times unless they just down a lot. If he throws over 20 times, I'll be surprised. Uh, but I think that's manageable for him. I think if he, he goes 13 to 20, 12 to 20, and, you know, two or three tubs, if he possibly can, uh, that'll be a good game. But I just don't see um, – I'm, I'm going to give it to him because I just think he just has more options to go to. What about you, Chris? What are you thinking? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Joey B. Something that we've not seen from Joey B this season that we did see from him last season is keeping the ball on the read option. And I think that that could come and play a big factor in this final. They're all going to be expecting reason over to take the ball. We could see Joey B just pull that, run the other way and bust his little robot dance again in the end zone like <laughs> he did last year. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I want to see that again, Joey B. You can't but, yeah, hear I, it, but I'm doing the moves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they're very similar in the way that they play the game and the way that their offenses run through them in terms of they run off a of play action quite a lot. They make the throws that they need to make when they need to make them. But I think, I think Joe Bradley, based on his experience in this league and in Europe, I think that gives him the edge here. And also, as I said, with that read option, I think you're going to see some of that in this final. Um, so I'm going to say Joe Bradley. I guess I'm the deciding factor. I'm actually going to go Joey B too. I think I I really agree with a lot of what what Coach Q said about Zach Whitehead having more options and maybe having statistically a little bit better of a game. But I feel like in this game we're going to see more Joey B than we've seen. Uh, and you know to be bragging and honest about it, I think it's because of what we talk about here, because I still feel like the only reason they were throwing all them damn passes last week was because Q said their receivers were the weak link, because <laughs> that made no sense to me at all, but what I saw, what I saw in that game was Joey looked rusty, if that makes any sense, like him and the receivers didn't look like they were like on the same page per se, Um if you notice, like, Zach Whitehead and his receivers, when they do their play action, it looks smooth. Everything looks perfect. Like, even me talking about that hard you catch last week that he had to dive out for, Joey overthrew him with no pressure. He's wide open. 
quarterback was on time, but the throw was overthrown, just goes from, you know, lack of reps. But as the game was going on, eventually they got back to running the ball. You know, you forget about those things. But I think those receivers, as well as Joey B, they're perfectionists. They looked at that game and said, okay, we need to get back to at least some resemblance of a balanced offense. And I think going into this last game, not to sound, you know, too down on the Crocodiles, but I think that they'll be the better team. And knowing that they're a better team gives them a little more leeway early in the game, which means they'll try to have a little more balanced attack early, maybe try to hit the play action and get some yardage from that. And I think it'll be successful in this because I think the DBs for the Crocodiles won't be able to recover. I think they will be able to get those matchups because the Crocodiles will have to put all their strength to stop the run game which means you'll get those one-on-ones. Joey will get some receivers that should be open, and he'll get a lot of big plays. And then I also think, just like what Chris said, if they start doing the read option and he runs the ball, I think the championship is a perfect time for them to bring out more of their offense. And when you bring out more of their offense, Joey B is the one that usually benefits because he's in all of it. He'll be able to do the passing and bring out his running skill set in the um, option game that they haven't really done this year. They don't, they still might really not need to do it, but against this defensive line, him being able to be a runner takes away one of those linemen or a linebacker that has to stay there for him instead of going for Lee Anthony, which means if they all go to Lee Anthony first, he gets a big run. He might not have to run again for the rest of the game, but it makes a difference, and it'll make his stat line a lot better and make his overall performance better. So that's where I'm at. So I think overall we're going Joey B in this one. We went offense and defense, but obviously there's a third phase that is often overlooked, special teams. So let's get into the special teams matchup, and we'll go like side by side instead of the verses. So we'll go kickoff teams. Which one of these teams do you think has the better kickoff team? Uh, it's a weird thing to talk about, but I think the Crocodiles have done a really good job of getting touchbacks on kickoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Almost every time they kick the ball off, you're getting the ball at the 20-yard line. Or did they move it up to the 25? I don't know. Either way, it's in the end zone. Like No one's returning these kicks from the Crocodiles, so they know where the, the offense is going to start, and they're going to make you drive the field when you have the ball. I can't say the same for the Steelers, so I feel like kickoff teams – Crocodiles win this one, in my opinion. What do you guys think? I agree. Chris, what about you? Just gonna say the Steelers, just because you two said the Crocs. So I think <laughs> with with Marcus Marcus L, I think they've got a good kicker. Um, I think he's gonna put them in good positions for their coverage to be able to come down and rally. I also think that they're on the whole better tacklers on special teams in the Steelers sure. than, than the Crocodiles. So that's why I'm picking the Steelers. Yeah, but the crocodiles aren't tackling anybody. I'm telling you, the ball's going to the end zone. You know, make no tackles. They just got to run and not get tripped up. But uh, moving on to kickoff return teams, I think this is easy. I think this easily goes to the Steelers. Uh, and I think it's the fault of the crocodiles because for some reason, Christian Powell does not return nearly enough balls for some reason. Either people just don't kick to him or he's not in the right spot. Like, I would just have him back there. 
and make them kick it short. But either way, it doesn't happen. But the Steelers have, you know, Tino and Dongo as returners, so that makes them a touchdown away every time they return it. What are you thinking, Q? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Corpio on that one. They got just way stronger uh, returners. Um, uh, like I said, I, I don't know exactly who, do, who does the returns on the regular for uh, um, the Crocs. I seen uh, Yohani back there before. <laughs> I seen him like, on return last week too. I'm yeah, like, yeah, he I better not return throw, that. <laughs> yeah, I think they just throw people out there to kind of just you know get the ball and that's it. But no real you know hopes of returns really. But Corpio going, they they just got way stronger. It don't matter who they put back there; they're probably gonna get some yards. So, what about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm Steelers as well. More electric returners, better blockers in open field, better scheme. So yeah, Steelers for me. Steelers easy. So what about? I'm trying to keep track of this. What about punt teams? Just in general, punting. I like I like Steelers in this one. I. I think they do a good job punting the ball. I can't remember who actually does it or if they actually punt at all. But when they do, they get it down there. What are you guys thinking? I don't remember many times where the Steelers have punted this year. I think that's the best punt team ever if you don't actually have to punt. No, you're right. You're right. I I haven't seen them punt that much, though. But I know who their kicker is and stuff, so I think – I think they win that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Crocodiles have have used two different punters, but um, if I'm not mistaken, they've they had Sarkula and there's another guy that's punting, and they both like are top three in the league in uh, net punting, which is really good. But the Steelers don't have to punt, so I mean, <laughs> I think that's an easy win. And then uh, punt return, I think. I think I can just speak for us all and say Steelers again because they just have more dynamic returners. And then we have field goal teams. Now, this is different. I feel like the Crocodiles win this one. They won a game with a field goal. You know, they have a, a really good kicker, and they're actually a team that will be go- – that not in, I can't say they will be, but they do go for field goals compared to the Steelers who have a good kicker and Marcus – and even Eero Pecker and then kick sometimes too. But I don't see them being a team that's really going to – if it's a 35, 40-yard field goal, they're going to bring their offense out compared to the Crocodiles who, if it's 35 yards, they'll bring out a kicker because they have – Because the offense are going to get a first down this way. <laughs> well, they have more faith in their offense than they kicker, which you should if you're that team, but at the same time – it goes back to, you know, do you trust that your kicker can make that? And is it that important to get that? I mean, coaching-wise, you obviously go for the field goal every time. But if you don't think your kicker is going to be able to make it, you know, 90% of the time, then you go for it. And the Steelers are betting on their offense more than their kicker. I think the Crocodiles have a much stronger identity with kicking the ball. So I'm going to go Crocodiles. What do you guys think? Well, are Crocodiles. Okay, they got one. Mm. <laughs> they got one. All right, field goal block, which is the opposite of field goal. I call it a push. I don't think either one of them will block a field goal. Yeah, neither one. Neither yeah, one. Don't make any sense. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. 
head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. So we went through it all. How do y'all feel the game's going to go? Chris, you can go first. Just give me some some general thoughts or a prediction, whatever you want. I think that the Steelers match up better on paper against them. I don't think the Crocodiles have much chance of winning this game. I think the Steelers are going to show their dominance again. I still don't think we've seen everything that we can from the Steelers this season. I think they're going to show us something else in the play in the in the Maple Bowl as well that they didn't need to show us in the semifinal because their semifinal game was so easy. So I still think that they've got a lot more to give in their play, both offensively and defensively. I just, I can't see the Crocodiles coming anywhere close to them, to be honest. No disrespect to them, but I just think that they're going to get a bit of a blown, blown out here. What about you, Q? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I'm going to say this. I think the Crocodiles come out I think they I think they complete a trick play this game that's going to keep them in the game. I think the first half, it'll either go two ways. It'll either be Corpio goes out and goes up early. That forces the Crocs to kind of do something that they don't want to do. Uh, but either way, I don't think I don't think Corpio beats them by more than two touchdowns if they do win. Um, but I think either the Crocs have a late push. Um, but I think it'll be in this game for for a little while. Like I, I don't think it'll just be necessarily a blowout or anything like that. But uh, I just, whew, it's a crucial one, man. It's it's I, I I'm giving Corpio the win um, because I just I feel like just stronger team overall, and I think two four quarters is hard to it's hard to beat them all four quarters. So um, I'm going 35-21, Corpio. That's not bad. Well, I mean, it, that is what we said, huh? About the guesses, so thirty-five, twenty-one. Um, I think, I think the first quarter is going to tell me everything I need to know about this game. Just the first quarter. Not, I don't need the whole first half. I think that first quarter. I'm a hundred percent sure that the crocodile is going to come out strong, but I'm also a hundred percent sure that. As strong as they come out, it won't be enough. So it really just depends on how that reacts with the Steelers. When the Crocodiles come out strong and Steelers rebuttal, is it going to be boom, smack in the mouth, go up 14-0? Or is it going to be, oh, well, we're going to score one touchdown, end up having to punt, not convert a fourth down, keep it close, and it's 7-0 going to the second quarter? That tells me everything I need to know about the game. If they go up 14-0 in this first quarter, it's a route. They're going to play it easy so the game is exciting because it's the whole first home game in Quopio, and they're trying to build something out there. And so they'll be like, oh, well, we can just, you know, ride this, do this, make it interesting, put it on the second half. But if they go up 14-0, then they got to route them. They can't let them hang around because – You've already, you know, set the precedent for that. So that's going to just let me know how the game's going to go. I don't think that the Crocodiles can outlast them, like you said, Q. Four quarters, a long time. I just don't think they can go 
four quarters like that. But the first quarter is going to let me know how it goes. If the Crocodiles can stick with them in that first quarter, then we're going to have a good game because the Corpio Steelers really have no motivation to try to blow them out after that. There's no point in blowing them out in the second half. But if you go up early, you got to keep the momentum because the fans are going to be into it. Everybody's going to be excited and you don't want it to die down. But if it's seven to zero in the first half, it looks like a good game. So keep the good game going. You don't want to try to blow them out in the second quarter because then no one wants to stay after halftime. So that, that'll kind of how be where it'll be. Because if you're blowing them out in the first quarter, second quarter is all, you know, having fun. And then people still won't leave because, you know, I'll stay for the third quarter. It's a good time. I'm thinking of it more from that aspect than the actual football because I feel like it's very simple to know who's going to win the game. It's all about how, how the Crocodiles are able to hang and if they are able to pull something, you know, rabbit out of the hat. And good luck to them but I, I don't see that happening. So that's my thoughts on it. The 2022 Maple Bowl will be this Saturday, hosted by the Quopio Steelers, playing against the Senior Crocodiles. I do not know the name of the stadium in Quopio, but it's the big one. So that's what they'll Vare be playing. Arena. The Vare Arena. They'll be playing at the Vare Arena. That's my fault for not researching that too much i'm not going to quopio guys i'm sorry can't do it can't do it i went to um miramaki last weekend though so you know that's a much you can get me out the house but good luck to both teams games should be on route two um afi tv should have it on as well our panel of football enthusiasts we're gonna pick this last game and you can see it on our instagram account at american football of finland Feel free to find us in the comments with your thoughts. Right now, the rankings are probably what they're going to be for the finals. Uh, Chris Green is 39 and 5. Finland Swami is 38 and 6. Spencer Cutland also 38 and 6. Excuse me. Perfect Purvis, 37 and 7. Just didn't come in last. It's all that matters. Coach <laughs> Q. Is where he started, <laughs> thirty six and eight at the bottom. <laughs> Just glad I got that one right. That's I was like, ooh, at least it didn't come in last. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I forgot to mention this earlier in the women's pick'em. Ellie won, um, so I owe her a case of beer. I lost because I chose the Helsinki Wolverines women to win the championship like a fool. So, just want to put that out there that you know. I have not won any pickums this year. <laughs> so hopefully my favorite <laughs> football team is better. But Ellie, I know you're listening, so I'll get you that beer. That's it for this episode of American Football and Filling. Hope it's worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, fellas? Uh, it's good luck to everybody. Chris, nothing? Oh, was that it, Q? I was expecting oh. to stay more. Yeah. I was waiting. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, no. Finally, we're here. The the Maple Bowl, what we've been waiting for all season. Can we get Q to finally say that the Steelers are a dynasty? I mm. hope so. He did promise it, so mm-hmm. I can't wait for him to, to finally admit that. But, You're yeah, safe. I mean, it's going to be a good game. Good luck to both teams. Um, I hope it's not a blowout. I hope it's a competitive game, and I can't wait to see it. You're going to say a Finnish dynasty. You're going to put a yeah. you know, asterisk <laughs> next to it there. Uh, 2020s dynasty. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
<laughs> for me, I'm I'm really excited about the game as usual, but also it's been I feel like it's been a long season, guys. Uh, 42 games in the Maple League, but a mm. lot of football has been played in Finland this summer. Summer's finally over. It's getting really cold. It's time to take our butts back inside. You know, if you're truly finished, you go sauna and have some makara and some hot chocolate and coffee or something like that. Stay inside. That's what I'm telling everybody to do. I'm excited about being inside. After this last game, we have no reason to be going outside, guys. There ain't no reason. So y'all stay inside. Let's start playing video games. Fantasy football is coming up. I'm excited. Got nothing to do with the game, but it yet also good luck to everybody in the Maple Bowl. <laughs> Steelers going to win. I said this earlier in the season, so I don't have to repeat it. If you enjoy the show, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less will tell us that you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. By following us on all channels, you have a chance to win football merch provided by our sponsors at Rare Athletics. Be sure to follow the instructions in the episode description below. Until next time, never forget T I F. We gone. We gone. <laughs> American football in Finland.